इंटरेस्टिंग फैक्ट दैट आई रिसेंटली रेड अबाउट अ गट इज दैट अबाउट हंड्रेड ट्रिलियन बैक्टीरिया बोथ गुड एंड बैड लिव इन साइड अर डाइजेस्टिव सिस्टम हंड्रेड ट्रिलियन इन डॉलर इज अ फिगर दैट द वर्ल्ड इकोनॉमी इज रेटेड टू एक्सीड इन ट्वेंटी ट्वेंटी ट्रिलियन सेल्स दैट मेक अप द इंटायर ह्यूमन बॉडी इट सीम्स फैसिनेटिंग दैट अ लार्ज पार्ट ऑफ द ह्यूमन बॉडी इज एक्चुअली मेड अप ऑफ द माइक्रोबायोम दैट वी टॉक अबाउट एंड वॉट वी थिंक as being non microbiome seems visibly non microbiome uh, is very very less as a component of our entire being our gut plays such a critical role in our functioning and yet we sometimes don't realize the gravity of the matter as we are engaged in our day to day routine that could also be because we sometimes overestimate things that are visible and underestimate things that are invisible hi i'm mohit kumar and in today's episode shiva and i dig into everything under the sun about our gut and find out how most of our problems actually arise from poor gut health let's get into it i think the microbiome your gut plays a mega role in terms of i think it's both ways right i mean it, it plays a mega role in terms of optimizing your metabolic health but your state of metabolic health also drives your gut health in some ways so how does that equation actually work and uh, what is the simplest way to understand the role of the gut what is the role that the gut actually plays where is it located and uh, what's its impact on an individual's metabolic health i think when you talk about the gut i think we really have to start at the mouth because the beginning of the gut is actually the mouth if you ask me well that's interesting i think most will start in the intestine but yeah it's actually the mouth yeah because if you think about it it's about a whole cephalic phase right Yeah, it's how you imbibe food and all the interactions thereof from looking at the food onwards, and that's where your gut starts. Because I think it's this notion that we've disconnected the gut from the rest of our body is the problem. The, it's not we just call it different because we think gut and we think a certain way. You can't Netflix and chill, basically. Yeah, it is a tube, a long tube. Yeah, that goes from all the way up here, all the way out, <laughs> and everything that happens. in that is the gut so it's not a far cry to think why there's in gut brain axis it it starts much closer to home than you think because think about it your digestive phase it starts with your digestive phase actually starts in the mouth with your saliva that's where the cues actually start if you miscue there everything downward is going to be miscued right so the first thing i would change is to say the gut actually starts where your mouth starts because that's the beginning of the tube and the cephalic the whole cephalic phase is like on how you look at food how you consume it and that's why chewing becomes a big point and if you don't think about that then if the food's not been churned down into having that bigger surface area everything downwards is going to go into a problem but you say right? chewing it, does it also mean that foods that are harder to chew and require some effort trigger something else versus basically all the your nerves of mastication your trigeminal nerves here uh, in your jaw all the mastication is all done by the work of the jaw but also there's so much of responses with the muscles in the jaw to your brain i mean uh, the pipe the your windpipe um snoring all of that right because it it's got so much to do with chewing and that's why people say you chew 30 times hey everybody knows this stuff right we've all heard it we just like forget it because with the speed of life you're like okay man i'll chew five times I, i'm not saying i do it either this is like a tough one for me to look this, this is what i said right the application of knowledge only when you apply it it becomes wisdom there are times i do it there are times i don't right? so I, I, look i i struggle just like everybody else just knowing it makes no difference because you get into your habituations you know there's a certain way you eat you go you go through it and you're done but actually because we're talking about it from an objective perspective it has to start in the mouth and there's so much of interactions with this chewing because chewing itself is going to help all the cranial nerves that we just discussed 
swallowing. All of that is part of what we discussed earlier, right? It helps your face. It helps all the muscles in the face. It's stimulating multiple nerves. So nerves that are next to each other fire each other. So again, I'm just talking about it as a continuum from our last conversation. We have to think about the gut starting here. And the signals from here are going into your brain telling you what has to be digested. The acid then comes out of your stomach, so on and so forth. There has to be enough of it so that it kills any bad pathogens. And the acid will have the equal continuum of you know bile so that the next part of the process goes on, so on and so forth. The fat metabolization. Yeah. And then yeah. it goes into the small intestine where the absorption process, the peptides, the proteins are all broken down. The carbs are made into simpler forms. You know, the fats go into a different system. Because they don't go into the hepatic system, they actually go in through your lymph, right? right? Because uh, the fatty molecules can't uh, be carried in blood. So they are actually encapsulated and they go into the lymph, the lymphatic system and come out from there and is put back into your system from there. So if you really look at it, that's just the beginning of the garden. That's all the tools of fuel that go out. And then you have all the other amazing things the gut is doing because all the fibers go off when we create secondary metabolites, primary metabolites from all the foods. And these things have great amount of therapeutic value. Let's look at this one, serotonin. 80% of serotonin is made in your gut. So if you think about that, that's the one that makes melatonin. It's your uh, hormone for, you know, so many things in terms of neuromodulation. There are microbio, there is, there are microbes actually yeah. are making serotonin in our gut. Yeah, out of the fiber and everything else is coming in. I mean, that's where your serotonin is actually made, which is why you feel so crappy when you actually have gut issues. It uh, affects your mood, right? There are so many feedback loops. And that's why I'm saying like when you talk about the gut and the microbiome, it's all connected. And remember the vagus nerve goes all the way down. down. So the feedback loop is, you got to think like it's going up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. It's not like, oh, the brain is telling the gut what to do. It doesn't work like that. This is a place where everyone's boss <laughs> and everyone's talking. And the brain has to decide what to respond to. The greater the threat, obviously, that's what it's going to respond to. And there's a, like these factors that affect the nerve or your nerve's response, uh, nervous system's response to the food or your environment also affect the gut. But then uh, does your distribution or the type of diversity that you have in the gut, does it also affect the type of uh, food response that you're going to generate? 100%. You know, an interesting one? As you know, we uh, went to an organic uh, restaurant together yeah. where the food was just completely organic and we had an eight-course meal. I'm just bringing this up yeah. because yeah. Uh, and you know that you had no glycemic spike over there. Same food, same food. Yeah, like, it, was, it was crazy. Like I think I was expecting a mega spike and I didn't, like, I didn't hold back while eating that meal. Yeah. And so, nothing? Nothing, yeah. Okay, so another friend of ours actually did the same thing, as you know, in Europe. And he went to an organic restaurant and Alta went for a six-course meal with one of the best chefs and had no glycemic spike. So what makes it interesting is like, this is new feedback, right? I mean, this is us experimenting. And so what it actually told us was very interesting that the amount of fertilizer pesticide load being reduced actually caused less of a stress response in our gut and actually caused it to have less of a glucose spike. The better insulin sensitivity? Yeah, amazing. And maybe it's because the microbes, whatever is working as a pesticide and on, on the ground is actually killing microbes. It would not be a far cry to think that the same thing is happening in the gut while we're consuming the food because of some trace elements of it. Our efficiency levels comes down. The threat response goes up because now we're fighting the toxic load, which we can deal with. It's very small. But there is a small consequence then which we're able to see on 
our glucose. And we both went for that meal together, which means that it was really interesting that both of us had nothing. And I took you there because I had already experienced that before. Yeah. And I was in shock. And that was one of our learnings together. Again, experimenting in reality. That's the environment of food driving your response. Is there also sort of like a response on the basis of your microbiome signature? Like for example, we often see this in Cyborg that like I have a totally different response to black coffee compared to let's say somebody else essentially, right? Or for example, for me, rice responds very, very differently compared to if I eat something with gluten. So how does that, why does that variability exist? I, I think it's also, like you said, exactly what kind of microbiome, the diversity definitely makes sense. But I think that it's a more complex problem because we're a hologenome. Our genetics are interacting with the genetics of the microbiome. In fact, we are a symbiotic creature. If you think about it, we have 10 trillion odd more bacterial species than our own human cells. And we're constantly working together. Now, say that you don't have the enzymes to break down wheat. Obviously, you can only then have the flexibility of what diversity you have in your gut to be able to do that job for you. So, say you're lactose, you, you don't have that lactose, lactase persistence gene. So, it's milk. But your microbiome can take a bit of the bullet for you. So you may not have a problem when you have it with a tea or a coffee, but drinking plain milk may give you a problem. So the microbiome is very interesting. It takes a lot of the burden off, like making short-chain fatty acids. We can't really have that fiber. The fiber is actually fuel for the microbes and they make these short-chain fatty acids, which then we're able to imbibe, right? It also helps our cycling of our enterocytes and everything else in our gut. So it's a continuum. I'm not sure. I think we have to look at this like the Ouroboros, you know, the snake hitting its own tail. Yeah. It's a continuous loop. It's like very interesting. You're not sure where the head is and the tail is. You're not sure. It's always a chicken and egg story over here. You already have sort of like a partner in the yeah. body, right? essentially like somebody who is, I mean, our DNA is different from the microbiome DNA. And uh, even if, like, for example, in this case, if uh, your genetic tests reveal that you're sensitive or allergic to a specific type of food, uh, it might turn out in practicality because you have a different, I mean, your microbiome is taking the load or the hit, uh, you're able to absorb it. Yep. So that also means probably the other way around, right? If, you're, if you don't have the microbiome, exactly, you're not able to take that load. Yeah, Exactly. And uh, But you may have the genes for it. So see, there are so many variabilities in between, uh, right? That's the modulation. So say you can take lactase because you have the genes to be able to break it down. Good. Then it's not so important that your microbiome has it. Otherwise, it's vice versa, right? It's an interplay between the both. One of yeah. these two should actually have. So yeah. that's this is why in most cases, like genetics being fixed, uh, if microbiome is diverse or is different across two different people, their food responses are going to be different and hence the, the glucose response as well because potentially the way they process food at the rate at which they process food is also going to be different. Yep, the plasticity will definitely change, right? I mean, uh, your microbiome plasticity we can change every 48 hours. Right. So, what we are not so plastic, our genes, we have an epigenetic change, but our genes still express themselves much, maybe, uh, we can't change our genes particularly. Right? There's some modulation that we can do. Yeah. We can change the epigenetic expression. <coughs> we can work with the plasticity of a microbiome. There are many things that we can influence in the environment. And that's how we become such a sophisticated surviving, I suppose, a mammal. Because it's our acuity of our brain, right? Wow. So I think the biggest takeaway for me is the fact that it's important to have the beginner's mind when you're looking at your own health and physiology if you want to really 
if you're really curious about this and fact that this is all dopamine generating all dopamine generating um, makes it all the more interesting fact that it's not just a destination but also the pursuit of better ways to get healthier or better ways to improve your lifestyle that's really cool and interesting the, the fact that there'll be thousands and thousands of companies in this space eventually lead to millions and millions of people who will be interested in doing something like this i think we are sort of like do a in a way an era where people would naturally be more you can say people would want to take control of their health in their own hands not in a negative way but in a way that they become more aware or conscious and uh, not just about themselves but also about others right uh, understand other people and their problems and their scenarios right or maybe even the environment right all the things that you spoke about if i start optimizing my health today i can't there is no scenario where i don't think about the environment it 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 can't really happen that you are at the pinnacle of your health and then the environment that you're living in is shitty because these two are so interrelated and uh, that's a huge reason why even if you don't care about mother nature or the planet if you care about your own health Caring about the environment is probably a wise thing to do. You are now aware of the various nuances about our digestive system and how we can mindfully control our diet and work towards a healthy lifestyle. If you recently got into a good habit to control your food intake, do let us know about your experience. We'd love to hear from you. Reach out to us by tagging UltraHumanHQ on Twitter and Instagram. If you love whatever you're hearing from us, then share this podcast with your near and dear ones. See you around for the next one.